welcome to the second reading of the book, The Holy Ground of Honey Creek. I'm John Jordan. This book, Reflections of a Small Town Pastor, written by Reverend Nadine Jordan. In the preface, he writes, I began my ministry in 1950 and retired for the first time in 1988 after serving almost 40 years as a United Methodist minister. Then after retiring, I spent another four years as a part-time minister for the United Church of Christ. When I look back on my ministry, I realize that these last 50 years have been like no other in challenging our faith, and I thought someone should write a book about it. Not a grand sweeping view of religious history, but insights gained in serving local congregations as we struggle to put our faith into practice. There are three essays in this episode. The first, The Trumpeter with the Dented Horn, from September 14, 1983, the East Troy News. Go, tell it on the mountain. Go, tell it on the mountain. Go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. There once was a trumpeter with a dented horn. She was a very good trumpeter. In fact, she was the best that ever was. She was in demand all over the world and played to all sorts of people in all sorts of environments. No wonder the horn has dents in it. She could play so many tunes, no one was able ever to number them all. The best-known ones had short one-word titles. Life, joy, hope, faith, courage, love, and forgiveness. Most of the people who came to hear her play left the concert humming the melodies and singing the lyrics. Their lives seemed to develop a new zip, a new boldness, and added kindness. Where they went, they made everyday life better for all those around them. There were some people, however, who couldn't take their eyes off the dents and scratches in the horn. They looked at the horn so hard that the music was muffled in their ears. They were offended that such an excellent trumpeter would use such a damaged instrument. In not hearing the melodies, clearly their lives lost some sparkle, and life seemed grayer to them. But the trumpeter kept on playing, and the trumpet, dense and all, kept sounding out the trumpeter's beautiful music. And some day, said the trumpeter, everyone shall hear the music, and everyone shall live out its message. And then the dents in my horn will disappear, and it will shine with new glory as the trumpets from the mountaintop, the life-creating melodies of God. Surely you've guessed that in this parable the trumpeter is God, and you understood that the horn is the church, and yes, the church is full of dents and scratches. No one knows this better than those of us who are closest to it, but God can use even such a dented instrument to play the melodies of heaven. And these melodies really do proclaim the way you can live a more abundant life every day. So let these melodies become part of your life. Find for yourself the new enthusiasm, the new boldness, the added kindness they make possible. And more, volunteer your life to become part of the church, part of God's trumpet, the trumpet that will never sound retreat until the whole world shines for the glory of God. Amen, amen, amen. The second essay, My Cozy Picture of God is Broken, April 1992, the Edgerton United Church of Christ newsletter. My cozy picture of God, white-haired, bearded with flowing robe, majestically sitting on a throne in a golden city up there, has taken a beating in recent months as I've been reading some science and philosophy books. Yet, at the same time, my confidence in the reality of God has not been shaken, and my allegiance to Jesus has been increased. Here's why. 1. There is no up there 
that is separated from the universe. There is plenty of space within the universe to provide room for all the people who have ever lived. But we can't get there from here in anything like our human body. 2. For God to be in instantaneous communication with every person on Earth, not including the persons on other planets of other stars in our galaxy, requires a bodily form with a vastly more complex receiving center mind than any human or combination of humans and computers possess. 3. Much of what I have read indicates that there is such an interweaving of what we know as matter and thought that they no longer seem separate, but rather different aspects of the same reality. And this reality is as much or more spiritual than material. From here it is not a difficult step to affirm that God, therefore, is the most real spirit, soul, person there is. And these speculations reveal why my allegiance to Jesus has increased. 1. The fact that they are speculations, the result of rational reflections, means that they are really hard to make any contact with. It is hard to have a love affair with an idea. Plus, being only speculations, there is an element of uncertainty about them that makes them shaky foundations to build a life on. 2. But Jesus was real, as real as you and I. His impact on those around him authenticates his reality and also vouches for his spiritual genius. God was and is real for Jesus, and I am willing to accept Jesus' witness and trust in the loving God who, Jesus said, is closer to us than breath itself. Well, have fun thinking and praying and living. Amen, amen, amen. The third essay, All Forms of Life Need Love. December 1992, the Edgerton United Church of Christ newsletter. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. From Luke 2, verse 13-14. I wondered what the heavenly hosts looked like. I've always pictured them as angels, and I picture angels as looking like human beings with huge wings folded down their backs. But I don't know. And last Christmas, I saw a delightful and humorous TV cartoon in which, among other things, three camels sang a jazzed-up version of We Three Kings. Maybe the heavenly host includes animals singing in their fashion, glory to God. If you saw the movie Star Wars, you will remember the bar scene in some distant spaceport in which the patrons and the musicians exhibited a great variety of body forms. In the book Infinite in All Directions, presenting the Guilford Lectures in 1985, the eminent physicist Freeman Dyson writes, When life spreads out and diversifies in the universe, adapting to a wide spectrum of environments, we will have to choose either to remain one species united by a common bodily shape or to let ourselves diversify as other species of plants and animals will diversify until we are a million intelligent species exploring diverse ways of living in a million different places across the galaxy. It even makes sense, if life is organization rather than substance, to imagine life detached from flesh and blood and embodied in networks of superconducting circuitry in interstellar dust clouds. 
This line of thought leads me to urge tolerance upon us all. In the vast universe, there may be many weird, to us, forms of life. We should practice tolerance now in order to be ready for when we meet other intelligent life forms from other worlds in space. A second thought that comes to mind out of these images of heavenly hosts, possibilities, no matter what forms of intelligent life may take or be given, the Christmas message that love came down at Christmas will still be essential because for peace and goodwill to be established among all forms of life, love must be the standard and the motivation for all living beings. Any other motivation will end with us tearing ourselves apart. So our celebration of love at Christmas is important, not only for us here and now, but for all those lives yet to be touched as life moves out to life across the universe. Amen. 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 This ends the second reading from the book The Holy Ground of Honey Creek, Reflections of a Small Town Pastor, written by Reverend I. Dean Jordan. Thank you for listening. Till next time, I'm John Jordan.